How iconic has that scene become over the decades, the last few decades, as we have seen scenes like that over and over again? You hear the countdown, and then you hear the roar, and the rocket lifts off. And in so many ways, that has become part of our mentality. It's become part of our thinking, part of our psyche. We hear the countdown, five, four, three, two, one. We hear the roar. We know something big is about to happen. Mel Robbins is a speaker, a motivational speaker. She's a writer. Mel Robbins is the author of a book called The Five-Second Rule. And no, it's not about picking up food off the ground and being allowed to eat it. The Five-Second Rule is about, uh, is about how she learned to change her life. And she tells of a time in that book when, when she was out of work, she was depressed, she was doing nothing, she had no motivation at all. She spent her days in bed. She would hit the snooze button over and over and over again until her kids were late for school and there was no time to get them ready and she had just wasted another day. And she talks about one night laying in bed. Bill collectors had been calling all day. She and her husband were on the verge of bankruptcy and she's laying in bed one night and she sees that image. She hears the the countdown, that famous countdown, five, four, three, two, one. And she saw the rocket lift off and she said, that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to count down, five, four, three, two, one, and I'm going to launch myself out of bed. And the next morning, the alarm went off and instead of hitting the snooze button over and over again, she shut it off. She gave herself a countdown, five, four, three, two, one, launched herself out of bed, and it worked. And what she had stumbled across was, was a principle that, that God seems to have hardwired inside of our brains. And that principle is that any action that we take, any action we do to, ta- to, cha- we take to, to change our situation, to change our lives, any action has to begin with an intention. And if you don't act on that intention quickly, your brain will talk you out of it because your brain is lazy and it, it really would rather not do anything. And so you have to act on that intention and you have to act quickly. And as I was listening to Mel Robbins tell her story and reading her book this week, I, something of that resonated as I looked at the fruit of the Spirit of goodness. This fruit of goodness is not about good intentions. The fruit of the Spirit is not about good intentions It's about good deeds. It's about actually doing something good in the lives of the people around us. And the reality is, the only one holding us back from doing something good is ourselves. We're the only ones that hold us back from from doing good. No one else is preventing you from doing something good. You remember from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then in verse 23, Paul says, against such things there is no law. There's no law against goodness. No one's going to arrest you for being too good. No one's going to stop you and say, we have an ordinance against goodness in our community. You can't do that. There's no law against goodness. The only one who stops us is is ourselves. We have the, the best of intentions. We have the the best of intentions, but if we're honest, more often than not, we hesitate, we hold ourselves back 
And we don't act. We don't follow through. And maybe what we need is five, four, three, two, one. Let's do it. Let's launch ourselves into someone else's life. Let's launch ourselves into goodness. And I really think that's what Paul is getting at. We're going to look at a, at a prayer that Paul prayed in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. He's praying for his friends, the Christians in Thessalonica. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. It's just two little verses. Verses 11 and 12. It's on page 989 there in those Bibles in front of you. Paul prays this prayer for his friends. And, and I think what he wanted them to see is what we need to see. That it's not enough that Jesus has transformed us. We need to transform our world. And a big part of transforming our world is the way we operate within the fruit of the Spirit of goodness. The way we bring goodness into the lives of others. And so Paul prays in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning of verse 11. He says, to this end, we always pray for you. I love that. It's not just that we once in a while pray, but to this end, we always pray for you that God may make you worthy of His calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by His power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love, I love Paul's prayers. I would love to just learn to, to pray like Paul. And Paul pr begins his prayer with a desire to see God's people live up to their calling. The desire for us to live up to our calling. And I think it is vital for us and it is vital for our world that we get this. Because we talk a lot about grace. We realize we are, we are saved by grace. And part of that is the understanding that, that we can't do anything good enough to save ourselves. We can't be good enough to save ourselves. We are sinners. We have made mistakes. And then God comes as Jesus. Jesus comes and, and He dies for our sins. And, and because of that, we can be saved by grace. We can be saved by trusting in His gift and His in His sacrifice for us. That's the good news. That is the story of salvation. That's the Gospel. We receive it by grace. We receive it by faith. But far too often, I see a big mistake in our thinking. Sometimes we think, well, since I can't be good enough, then I might as well not even try at all. I might as well just not even try. Since I can't be good enough, since I can't earn salvation since God knows that I'm a sinner, why bother to try to be good at all? What is being good going to do for me? And so we never change our attitudes, and we don't have good attitudes. We've got bad attitudes. We never change our, our actions. We don't have good actions. We have bad actions. We never change our habits. We have bad habits. And, and we, have, we, we never change and have good character, and we don't become more and more like God. And, and the result is frustration. Because the result is we end up saying, why am I not blessed? Why am I still miserable? If I'm saved, why am I still miserable? Why am I still like this? Why am I still struggling? And so Paul prays that our God may make you worthy of His calling. And make no mistake, you're not worthy. None of us are, are worthy of salvation. But Paul's prayer is that we might grow spiritually and live up to our calling. That you and I would walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Jesus said the same thing. Last week, we were looking at Matthew chapter 5, and in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And the effect of that is 
that you need to let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and praise your Father who is in heaven. We have a world full of people who, who know that they aren't worthy. And they're looking for something. They're looking for some answer to the problems in their lives. And, and they're not going to find the answer in a bunch of people who don't act like God, who don't look like God, who don't live the life that we've been called to live. They need to see something different in us. Not that we're better than them, not that we're holier, but they need to see something good in us. But you know, before, before they can see something good, Paul prays that we would have the desire to do something good. That we would just have the desire to do something good. And, and we'd have to admit, that's where it begins. It begins with the desire to do something good. And that is often where it ends. Because often we just kill that desire to do something good. We let our desire die. We have the best of intentions, and then we never act on those intentions. That's where Mel Robbins felt trapped, if you read her book, The Five-Second Rule. That's where she felt, felt trapped. She says, if you have one of those impulses that are pulling on you, if you have one of those impulses that are pulling on you, and you don't marry it with an action within five seconds, then you pull the emergency brake and you kill that impulse. It just dies. Five, four, three, two, one. You have to act. And that's true in, in your life. It's true in the changes that you make for yourself. It's also true in the way that you step into the lives of others. And so Paul's prayer for the Thessalonians doesn't begin with action. He doesn't say, here's a good thing that you should do. It, it begins with the desire to do something. He says in, in verse 11, he says he prays that God may fulfill every resolve for good. That God would fulfill every resolve for good. Resolve for good. Those intentions we have to do something, to make a difference. Paul's prayer isn't just that we would have the resolve, but that it would be fulfilled. I mean, think about how often we resolve to do something good. And we resolve, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's the day I'm going to do that. Tomorrow's the day I've resolved that tomorrow is the day I am going to do that. Tomorrow, I'm going to be nicer to that one person that drives me nuts. Tomorrow, I'm going to do that. Tomorrow, I might even give, give someone a gift. I might give somebody a gift and do something nice for them, but I'm going to do that tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to make a difference. Tomorrow when I go to church, I'm going to sign up for one of those volunteer things on the back of the church, something that, that I can do. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to volunteer in our community. Tomorrow, think about all the things that we promised ourselves. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to start the diet, right? How many, di how many of you are starting a diet tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow's the day. Let's do that tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to start exercising. Or tomorrow I'm going to start reading my Bible. Tomorrow I'm going to... I'm going to start praying. Tomorrow I'm going to start getting rid of this bad habit. And then by tomorrow, the resolve is dead and we never take action. 1970. 1970, a man in Indiana, his name was Milton Bates. Milton and his wife Janet were watching the news in 1970. Now, back then we had to wait for the news to come on. You couldn't just pick up your phone and see the news. I'm explaining this to the young people who don't live in that world. Who don't and if you were lucky, it was in color. But very often it wasn't. But Milton Bates and his wife, 1970, they're watching the news one evening, 
and there are, are scenes of a, of a horrible storm, a devastating storm in Bangladesh. And I'm thinking about 1970. Chances are they were finally seeing them in color. This wasn't just black and white images. And Milton looked at this devastating storm and the people whose, whose homes and, have been wiped out and their lives were, were gone. And, and Milton said, someone needs to do something about that. There needs to be a way that we could ship relief goods. We could ship food. We could ship medical supplies. We could ship bandages. We, we, could, we could ship building materials that they would need to, to reestablish their lives. There needs to be a way to do that. And wouldn't it be great if we could also, at the same time, give them the gospel of Jesus Christ? If beyond just their physical needs, we could meet their ultimate needs and we could show them that there is hope beyond this world. And Milton had this idea. And so he wrote a letter, and he sent that letter to over 500 people across the United States. And he said, someone ought to do something. Someone ought to do something. 500 people he sent that letter to. Nine people responded. And every one of those nine said, if you do something, we'll back you. <laughs> if you do something, we'll, we'll support you. That's how our mission of the month got started. That's where IDES came from. The International Disaster Emergency Services and this last year, IDES worked on over 200 projects in 33 different countries and many projects right here in the United States where disaster had, had struck. The International Disaster Emergency Services came from one idea, one man, who instead of sitting there and thinking, well, someone else can do it, maybe I'll take a chance, maybe I will do something. You've had those moments, and they're not all big moments. You've had those moments where you felt prompted Times when you thought, I should really do something, I should really say something, and you talked yourself out of it because you thought, well, it's going to be silly, or maybe it sounds a little too forward, but deep inside, your faith prompted you to reach out, to try to do something, to do something good for someone else, to help someone out, help, help someone out to, to do something nice, to somehow make a difference in their lives. Paul's prayer is that God would give us the power to act on those faith impulses that he would fulfill our resolve for our own good and also for for someone else's good and it's vital that we fulfill that resolve because ultimately it's not about us ultimately we want to see people we want people to see jesus through us one of the things i hope that's been clear about the fruit of the spirit of goodness as we've unpacked it over the last month is goodness is not about us it's not about us looking good. It's about the good things that we do for other people. We want people to see God's goodness. Goodness is a gift that we give to other people. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Jesus again said, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. No one sees your good intentions. You can have the best of intentions. You can have some great intentions. No one's going to see your good intentions. Nobody, nobody notices those. They can only see our good deeds. They can only see our good works. No one is going to glorify God because you meant well. You know, it just doesn't work that way. They need to see us do something. So, so Paul's prayer leads to action. He prays that God may fulfill every resolve that we have for good so that, verse 12, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our God 
and the Lord Jesus Christ. That so that clause, that so that clause there in verse 12 is so important because that's the point. That's why we do it. So that the name of Jesus might be glorified. So that people might praise Him. That's the blessing of the fruit of the Spirit of goodness. It transforms. Goodness has the power to transform our world, to transform our community, to transform the lives of the people around us so that they praise Him. So that they give glory to God. It brings good things into their lives, but it begins by transforming us. It begins by making our light shine, transforming our intentions and fulfilling our resolve to good works and good deeds. Goodness transforms you and then it enables you to transform your world. And the ultimate goal of that transformation is that Jesus would be glorified. The ultimate goal is that Jesus would be glorified. There's not a single one of us here today who doesn't want that. And so Paul prays in verse 12, and we would also pray, let His name be glorified. But are we willing to put that prayer into action? Are we willing to get busy to make that happen? Five, four, three, two, one. Launch. You hear that countdown. And when you hear that countdown, you know you know something's going to happen. You know something's going to happen when it gets to one. You know it's going to be something big. It's going to be something powerful. Something that would change the world and, and something that's going to make a lot of noise. Think about all those things you intend to do. All those good ideas that are left unfulfilled. Five, four, three, two, one. Where would God launch you if you just did them? If you didn't think them to death? If you didn't worry over them? Where would God launch you? Where would He launch our church? Where would He launch our community? Where is He going to launch our world? And you know, maybe, maybe, it's not, maybe it's not something big. Maybe it's something small. Maybe it's, maybe it's the simplest little thing. But, but how often do we hesitate when we know there's someone we ought to go talk to? Someone that needs the, someone to come alongside and say, are you doing okay? Are, are you okay? How often do we hesitate and we not do those things? How often do we intend to to invite someone to church or stop in for a visit and then we, nah, I don't really want to do that. Maybe I shouldn't do that right now. How often do we intend to give someone, how often do we have opportunities, 79 cent opportunities, Steve? How often do we overthink a 79 cent opportunity and we let it go? How often do we have a thought that maybe I ought to go mow my neighbor's lawn or, and, and then we just let that go, you know? We, we end up just not doing it. Forget the big stuff. What about what about the little fruit of the Spirit that just dies on the vine because, because before we ever have a chance to take an, act, an action, we, we think it to death and we, and we kill it. Mel Robbins says, anytime there's something you know you should do, but you feel uncertain, afraid, or overwhelmed, just take control by counting backwards. Five, four, three, two, one. That will quiet your mind and then move when you get to one, the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Goodness requires action. So take action. Launch yourself into the lives of the people around you. Launch yourself into God's goodness and He will bring His glory to them. Let's stand and pray. Father, I, I know we have the best of intentions. But all the good intentions we have will not save a single soul. And all of our good intentions will not change our world. If we're truly 
going to light our world. We're going to need to turn our intentions into actions. We're going to need to do something. So, so this week, in those moments when we're tempted to let our intentions die, give us courage to act. And if we have to count down, five, four, three, two, one, then so be it. But give us wisdom and strength and courage not to talk ourselves out of doing something good for someone else. Because through this fruit, through the fruit of the Spirit of goodness, we can transform our world, we can transform lives, and we can bring glory to you. So be glorified. Be glorified in us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.